welcome back to the Off the Pine podcast. It is Jack and Trig, your co-hosts for the evening. Uh, thank you very much to all of our listeners for tuning in to this episode. We appreciate you very much. Well, uh, let's kick it off. Trig, how yeah. are you doing? Yeah, psyched to be back. You know, uh, so we're actually going to drop a couple episodes for you guys. Um, this first one, we're going to talk about some topics we've been meaning to touch on for the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I'm just on my I had finals I had to grind through uh, my last second to last semester here. So I've been, I've been busy. Me and Jack haven't been able to quite link up, but, you know, we're at winter break now. Got a lot of free time to watch some ball. And, uh, yeah, we, we got a, we got plenty of topics that we're going to dive into these next couple of next couple episodes and i'm uh pretty excited to get into it beautiful well um i think we could start off with the the first team from our uh what's been going on for the last two weeks uh we were looking to talk about the indiana pacers um yeah a team that's been really overachieving this year they've been they've been slowing down i think they've lost like five of their last six or something like that but they were at one point sitting at like 14-10, 14-11, um, pretty middle, middle like upper tier of the East. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're sitting at 15 and 16 right now. Um, so one game below 500, but still right in the playoff mix. So a team that nobody expected to be there, a team that everyone expected to probably make some trades and kind of, I mean, like if they're not in any contention category by any means um but they've looked good this year so i mean what people would thought would happen is that they're going to trade their veterans and trade their players that have value and kind of jump start the rebuild with halberton and and uh, matherin but haven't haven't seen it yet it's still early um yeah i mean there's still like trades aren't going to happen we're kind of starting to get into the trade season we're team i think it's i think teams can make trades now correct it's um like after, the, after after December fifteenth, like ninety five percent of the lead is eligible to be traded. So you're right. This is really when uh I mean Zach Lowe just came out with his annual Bobby Marks start of the trade trade season podcast, and they kind of had a couple ideas. But uh yeah, this is gotta, when gotta watch that. Yeah, this is this is when you need to turn on your notifications to Woj and. Uh, shams as well if you're a real uh lover of all things nba just just because this is when all the conversations start happening and uh and the one team that i've been shocked that re- there really hasn't been much chatter about yet um has been the pacers i mean earlier in the season whenever buddy healed or miles turner had a good game it was always lakers twitter saying you know get him here get him here but ever since the lakers have been starting to play like an actual team you know the whole talk around those two guys has really gone quiet and I'm not sure what you do if you're the Pacers. I mean, I think you have to trade them because if not, you're just going to lose them. Makes sense in free agency, but it's like, if there's not really a market for them, you're uh, you're in a tough spot. So, I mean, Trey, what do you do? Are you, uh, you trading these guys before the all before, uh, before the trade deadline? Um, Miles Turner, for sure. I just don't know. I Obviously, we're not in the front office. I'm not sure what their end goal is if they want to get Halberton and Matherin some play, a little bit of playoff experience because, I mean, it also kind of depends on where they're trending towards that trade deadline. Like, right now, they're trending down. 
Um, yeah, against Ica, they lost four, lost four or five, went out a three-game losing streak not too long before that. Um, but they're obviously they're super hot before then. Winners of one, two, three, four, five. Winners of like nine out of nine of eleven or like eight of ten, I think it is. Um, starting to trend down. They're trying to come back to earth here. I mean, at the end of the day, you have a guy in Halbert who probably will make the All Star team this year. Unless, Average. unless, uh, unless you're Wally Zerviak, but we we'll get into that after it, right? After. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a twenty and ten guy. Um, he's been outstanding this year. Um, he's for sure the future. He's the guy you want to build around. Um, then you have Matherin, who's gonna finish in the top three of rookie of the year. Um, gonna be on that first team all rookie. He's been trending down a little bit too after his hot start. But still, he's an extremely bright spot in, in their organization, a guy they definitely want to move forward with. Um, he'll, so he'll, have he'll, the, he'll also be on the top five, or he'll at least definitely be on the short list for uh, sixth man of the year as well. Yeah, because he had – I mean, yeah, because he's been coming off the bench. Um, and then you look at – I mean, Buddy's still under contract for another year after this year. Um, but, I mean, he's not on a bad deal. He's like, he's hovering around um, – 20 million or so um no, it, is his it's not the money that i think is the problem it's more of like okay so 20, he's he's so he's making 22 million he's 30 years old um obviously he's, he's still buddy healed is great buddy healed is 30 yeah buddy healed 30 wow. um because he, he played all his years in college i believe or he played like he did he wasn't a first year out guy he played a couple years um i think he played three or four years in college if i'm not mistaken um, let me double check. Well, I think the thing with Buddy is is that it's not that. I think you have to get rid of him, uh, purely because you're watching Matherin turn into something that you want Matherin to start. And I know Rick Carlisle is the kind of coach that is a very earn your stripes kind of guy, and that's the reason yeah. why he had so many amazing players on his teams, like homegrown players, and. I don't know. I think I think you have to get rid of Buddy just to let Matherin go. And Duarte's been injured this season so far, but he's he's shown a lot of promise from last season. And I think you just got to play these guys. And I I mean I think Miles Turner will for sure get moved. But well, yeah, he's a free agent next year. It makes it makes um I mean unless they really think they want to pay pay him, which doesn't really make any sense because he is a guy that will probably command decent money in free agency around that 20 to 25 million a year. Um, I mean, considering he's having the best year of his career this year uh, and he's still 26, still super young. I mean, I think he's a guy that, yeah, I think teams are, I mean, they, they, they want to see, I mean, I think they're just ultimately waiting to see how, you know, teams kind of end up towards that trade deadline. Like, there's going to be teams that are ultimately going to want him. And I think they're just waiting. They're playing the waiting game and waiting for teams to get desperate because Miles Turner is probably a guy um, that could command a first-round pick and maybe another decent piece. For sure, you can get a first-round pick for him. I think you can probably get a first-round pick for both of these guys, to be honest. Buddy, again, he's having a really good year, averaging like around 17 and a half points. Still shooting the ball great. He really could, you can really plug him into any system, um, and to be a catch and shoot guy, team that like it's for a team that's like maybe struggling from the three point line or needs some extra shooting, 
um, he's a guy that really, really could plug in anywhere. He's a 40% shooter um, and on a high volume of shots. So, I mean, again, I think I don't think the Lakers thing is going to happen. I think it's been made very clear that it's not going to happen, especially with the recent AD injury, and they're ultimately going to drop even farther. Um, because I and the Lakers have made it very clear, like they aren't going to leverage both picks. They aren't going to afford mortgage their future. Um, so I think it will be separate deals. I'd be very surprised if it's one deal. I don't see them getting packaged together, but I can see them both getting shipped off. Miles Turner, I think for sure will. Buddy, just because he does still have another year out of that contract, maybe he's a, an offseason or a next year kind of kind of guy. Because maybe like the idea is, you know, math. They, we want Mather and Buddy to kind of mentor Mather and for a year or something, and you know, um, and maybe they or maybe they just want to compete. Maybe there's that. I mean. I, they're I, not. They're not bad enough. Even with even if you get rid of these guys, I don't think they're quite bad enough to drop all the way down in the tank of the standings. No, I I don't think they're bad enough either. But at some point, I think we have to see what Halliburton can do. I mean, you're right. He's averaging twenty, eleven, two steals, um, 0.5 blocks, which is pretty crazy. He's and, an all star. He's an all star. He's an all-star. And the fact that Wally Zerviak, ex-Timberwolves, his jersey looked great on the Wolves. Wally Zerviak made an all-star team when he was on the Wolves. And I think that's the reason why he he's throwing the shade as he believes that he can. And it's like, of course, he has, he has more what than is, what, is, what did Zerviak say exactly? He said basically something that, uh, that, he, that uh, Halliburton is a wannabe fake all-star. What? Yeah. Um, Wally, okay, no, okay. Wally Zerbiak, I don't think he's in any position to talk about. That, but it's it's t- and like I don't know. I I think Halliburton for sure deserves uh, a bid. There's been a lot of really good guards in the East so far, but I I mean I would put I would put Halliburton in the All Star. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. At what he's he's been like he's his teams in the playoff race right now i mean he's at top of like he's think he's is he first in the league in assists per game he's i think he's like first or second he's definitely top he's definitely top five and i mean he's his he's shooting 39 from oh 39 from deep and 47 from the field like this dude is putting up outrageous like with this almost two steals a night like he's putting up outrageous numbers on a team that's playing fairly well i mean not as of late but Throughout the year, yes. Yeah, Halberton does lead the league in steals. Or not in steals, in assists. And he's fifth in the league in assists. Damn. Um, well, I think um, we'll definitely get more into the All-Star game talk a little bit closer to then. But I yeah. think that'll be a good break for our uh, first quarter topic. And we can move into our second quarter of our podcast tonight. And that is going to be... Well, quick question. Um all right, so bottom line question: Do you yep. see? Do you see both? Do you think Buddy and Miles get moved this year? And like, where do you think this team kind of finishes when it's all said and done? Okay, if we're gonna go big picture like that, I uh, if I had to guess, if I was betting, I would say Miles Turner gets traded before the deadline, 
Buddy Heald gets traded in the offseason, and the Pacers are a, at best, 10 seed. Okay, so you think they you think they drop potentially out of the playoffs? If you lose Miles Turner, you're losing the second best player on your team. Fair and enough. He's a defensive force. So I think with Halliburton and Matherin, you can still like get wins and outperform good teams when they're just like gonna doubt you, which happens every night in the NBA. So I think they'll hold on and they can fight for that 10 seed, but realistically i would bet more that 11 12 that 11 i think 11 10 11 is where they'll end up assuming they trade miles turner yep yeah but i think it also depends on what some others team some other teams that are down there do but we can definitely we'll definitely get into that in our next in our next episode but we cool, definitely cool, yeah. well let's yes. uh let's look let's more on to the uh to the other side of the standings we're looking at the three seed in the east a team that Looked good last year, and with their main addition of the offseason, have looked great. We're, of course, talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. A um, couple things that I've noticed just through the Twitterverse. Uh, interesting enough, the Cavs have had the worst offense and the best defense over the last 10 games, efficiency-wise. And this new one that I just saw is that... Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen are the most efficient pick and roll duo in the entire league. And wow. I mean, this, this team is uh they're 21 and 11 four game win streak, seven and three in their last 10. They are definitely rolling as a group and it's, it's been fun to watch. I mean, this Cleveland team after losing LeBron, however many years ago, you're just going to assume they're going to go back into a never ending you know, another another period of where they're not going to be in the playoffs for a while. And Evan Mobley looked great last year with Darius Garland, but adding Donovan Mitchell has been insane for this team. And oh, he's having the best year of his career, and it's not even it's not even close. Averaging twenty nine this year, and his, his shooting splits are absolutely insane. Fifty, almost fifty one from the field, forty three from deep, and eighty nine from the line. Like he is just, I mean. Uh, and I, and I like I think his like this team is good enough defensively where like they can make up for it. Um, they can kind of like protect him more. But I feel like he's just like playing harder with this group of guys. Like, I think he's really he's having a lot more fun out there than he had than he had in Utah. Um, and I mean Mitchell's like up there in the MVP conversation right now, like. For sure, All Star. For sure, an All NBA player this year. I mean, he has developed into the best version of himself with this team. And you know, this team's twenty one and eleven. They were missing Garland for like quite a few games. And and also um, re- realistic, this team still doesn't have like an actual small forward. That's what I think is crazy. Yeah. About this. The team plays amazing, and they are like rotating in Dean Wade, Chetty Osman, Levert. And- Harris Levert. I mean, like none of these guys. Lamar Stevens. <laughs> yeah, like like you know, obviously they're doing very well for their team and they're playing a role. But imagine this team with an actual three. Like if they had an actual three and D guy that was like solid. Whew. Yeah, you mean like Buddy Heald? 
No, Buddy doesn't really play defense. But like, if they had uh, a, if they had like a either. Dylan, if they had like a Dylan Brooks type player, that the slot in at the three, huge. Um, this this one this one stat, uh, I'd like to point out. This is crazy. After Donovan Mitchell's latest forty point night, only LeBron and Kyrie have more forty point games than Donovan Mitchell as a Cleveland Cavalier. Yeah, that, man, he's he's been, him. he's been he's been on the team for thirty two games. Like, yes, that just proves how poverty franchise the Cavs have been. And I mean, no shade to Brad Daughtry or or when Carlos Boozer used to be there, but I don't know. That's that's pretty wicked. I I just voted. I did my first voting for All Star Game, and like I had him as an All Star starter on the East. He definitely needs to be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, for right, sure. Right now, rankings wise, he's in the ten to he's in the eleven to fifteen range for uh for votes, and I think it's a little low, especially with like the recent injuries to Curry and Davis. Like, dude's playing good. You know, he's definitely wanted to uh prove his doubters wrong from all the miscues in, in Utah over never being able to get past the semis with Utah. And uh, it's just been very refreshing. This team is just, this team is everywhere. I mean, they're Jeez. the defensive duo in the paint, and then you're able to have Darius and Donovan on offense. Like it's, I love the makeup of the roster. Yeah, I do too. Um, and like, I mean, and it's crazy because they're like bottom of the league in terms of how many points they're scoring a night, but they're letting up the least amount of points. They're shooting, they're a good three point shooting team. I think they're ranked eight in three point percentage. Um, I mean, the only thing is that you got to think about is, I mean, you look at the East and you got to wonder where kind of they rank within Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly. Do they? Yeah. Do they have enough? Do they have enough star power to compete with those guys? I mean, what's kind of like the pinnacle for this team? How far can they go? And like considering that, is this a team to watch out for when it comes down to the trade deadline? Are they going to be a team that's looking to buy? I mean, I just I think I think so purely because they need a three badly. They, they could, yeah, they need not a, badly. It's like they, but they're missing one. It seems like they're missing. They could really go out and get one more piece. Well, Rubio will be back for them throughout some time of the season. Okay, Ru- okay. Rubio played like – Rubio was huge for them off the bench last season. A huge he reason was. why they were able to stay afloat and make the playoffs as, as a, a squad last year. So Rubio's return will change, change it the will help. a lot. It will help. I, I think they got to go think... out – get a three. I think you go out – you get a starting caliber three – and I don't, I don't know, I don't know who. That's the tough part. I mean, what they're really missing is a guy that, um, when you play Kevin Durant, when you go and play yeah. Jason Tatum, um, they don't have go, that, right? like I we like we they don't have the guy that that you could be like you need to go guard this guy all game, like you need to like stay glued to him all game, like they don't. That's what there seems like they're really missing right now. Um, that they need to go out and get because like their interior defense is elite as it gets. 
Um, but, but all these, but all these guys shoot threes. That every name that you're gonna list are three point experts. And Donovan Mitchell is not the defender he was in college. Darius Garland has never been known for his defense. No. And the roundabout of Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, and Chetty Osman are not solid enough. Because like this team was gonna be great the regular season. You know they could easily be, they're gonna be a top four team in the East. Regular season wise, if they don't get injured, like when but, you play Mo, if they play Milwaukee, you you can be like, all right, we have we have Mobley and Jared Allen download the guard Giannis, yeah, and that exactly. that's that can work. I mean Middleton, I mean he's still recovering from injury, but Middleton isn't going to beat like just going to completely dominate you on 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 it by himself. Like you could probably limit limit Giannis enough to with those two guys to like hang with them very well in this series. Who knows, maybe even knock them out. Uh, I mean, granted, they do have Drew Holiday that can guard Donovan or Garland at any point. But if you look at, like, those stars, like, Giannis is one they can control. Tatum and KD, different. You have, like, like they can be like, oh, I can't get to the rim? That's fine. I'll just go hit mid-rangers all day and three-pointers all day, and they can't stop me. All right, so let's assume right. that uh, – let's assume that this team mates – Makes the playoffs is like a top top six seed, and they're gonna go against like the Knicks, the Hawks, or the Pacers, or the Raptors, right? They'll win. They'll win one. They'll win one of those games for sure. They'll win the first round. Let's assume they make it to the second round. Who is, in your opinion, the what is their worst potential matchup? If we're gonna talk Bucks, Celtics, Nets, Sixers, and Heat, and I'm gonna include the Heat in there, although they are the seven seed right now. The heat, I, the heat always figure it out in our amazing come playoff time. I would probably say um, Brooklyn. Oh, ew. Nasty ass verb. <laughs> Brooklyn or Boston. Just because, just because those, yeah, the two of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that can go for 30 any night and are phenomenal perimeter, perimeter scorers and great in the mid range. And then you got Kevin Durant. And Kyrie Irving, who have been on a like a psychotic tear as of late, mm. they have been un those that Dua has been unstoppable. So I mean, you really just gotta like, like I said, you really what they really need is a guy that can go out, and maybe they maybe they can pull those matchups out. Who knows? I mean, Boston, eh, eh, nah, I really don't think so. I really don't think they're at Boston level. Brooklyn, like they're at Brooklyn level. But, I mean, like, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, like, I mean, like, the thing with the Celtics last year, Jason Tatum played unbelievable, did an unbelievable job defensively at Jason Tatum and just, like, the team, the, uh, the game plan for him and forcing the doubles and making him get the ball up um, worked so well just because, you know, Boston's defense is just swarming 24-7. And Marcus Smart, you can guard Kyrie, defensive player of the year, and, so it, that's, that's why it worked there, but Cleveland doesn't doesn't have that. I don't know. I don't know if they would be able to just outscore Brooklyn for a whole series. Yeah, I I I mean, no, they wouldn't be able to. Um, I would agree with those tapes. If I had to choose the team, I think that would give them the most problems. I would say it would be Boston, just because Boston's defense is yeah. low on an elite level. And, exactly. and where you might be able to say, okay, well, 
Evan Mobley could guard Jason Tatum. I don't think they would. I let's just say that it, they, de- it depends. It depends on what lineup they they pull out. I don't know. Like it, like in 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 the smaller ball lineups, like if you had to like realistically, he, he's their best bet at guarding Jason Tatum. But they still then there's still Jalen Brown. And I, I still no I one don't think they're Jalen Brown. I don't think they're gonna put Mobley out in the perimeter. Of Jason Tatum. I think Mobley would maybe get eaten alive. To be honest, I don't know if he could has the speed to hang with him and I think if they what? go big with Al Horford I think you've got to keep Mobley on Al I think you just have to I don't think you can just throw a small guy on Al Horford and hope for the fucking back well I then just... well then they are then that's why Boston is that that was yeah. like at best like at best okay we can maybe put Evan Mobley on Jason Tatum but like yeah um well it'll be fun watching this team move forward in the next couple of weeks um excited do they play on Christmas I don't think the Cavs play on Christmas. No. They don't. They should be, though. Um, well, maybe let's, next year. Maybe next year. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's sure, but either way, bright future. I mean, this team's going to finish really well at the end of the season. But, yeah, we'll see when it comes to trade deadline if these guys can make a move to really – like you said, it seems like we're both in agreement. They really need that – need to find that guy, that lockdown perimeter defender to hopefully like fill out their three spot that can, you know, help them rise above some of those teams. So. It'll be fun to watch. Um, I completely agree. Well, let's uh, – the halftime buzzer has rang, and we are going to now jump into the third quarter of tonight's podcast. And the third and fourth quarter of tonight is great in terms of the two teams are talking about. And the first – we're going to keep – this is a Western Conference second half. And the first team we're going to go into is the Pelicans. So the Pelicans right now, uh, they are they've been they've been playing amazing, and they even even had Brandon yeah. Ingram. Brandon Ingram's been out for like the last ten games. They're eighteen and twelve. They're fourth in the West, and this team is just like fun to watch. I don't know if any of you got to catch the last couple games against the Phoenix Suns and like that new budding rivalry that's happening, which is just like. Yeah. I love that. I love that 360 windmill that Zion. People, I just, I honestly hate the Suns. They're, 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 they're sore losers. They're like, I love, like, I think about who it was on like Twitter that like showed all these clips of like CP3 and Devin Booker throwing up these bullshit and garbage time buckets. And we're like, and they're like, yeah, these guys are like really the ones to talk. And like, who cares, man? It's a grown man's game. Like, He's at home. He has the fast break. Like, he's giving the fans a show. Like, who cares? Like, you guys lost. You're upset about it. Go win. Like, <laughs> I mean, and it, like I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rivalry. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, it's a growing rivalry. I mean, DeAndre Ayton said basically the same thing about how it's, yeah, they're, they're at home. He's putting a show on for the fans. Who gives a fuck? Uh, yeah. Well, I, there's, there's three points that I want to make. Uh, two two are really points. One is just I guess. I mean they they point. I mean they have they have been on a downtrend. They've lost four in a row. That's one thing to kind of just think about too. They've lost four in a row, like you said. Ingram's out. They're gonna so the reason a lot the reason why this team is lost lately, um, they are one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league. No, they're not. Um, yes, they are. No, they're not. They're number they're number ten in three point percentage. Okay, well, isn't it what is it? They're 
Okay, they're not one of the worst. They are they shoot the fourth least three pointers. Yeah, they don't shoot it a lot, but they're shooting it effectively. So they rarely shoot it, and the best three point shooter on their team this season Trey has really been Trey Murphy. And yeah. in the last like week and a half, ten days, he's just been clanking them. And CJ, I mean CJ too has been clanking them as well. Because I, I took a couple overs on Trey Murphy point lines in the last 10 days and lost them all because he's not hitting these these three-pointers that he used to be. So if I had to guess, um, obviously it's not the main reason, but it's definitely a part of it. I mean, it's shocking that they lost just the other night when you see this Jonas Valanciunas, first player in NBA history with yeah. 37 points, 18 rebounds, and seven made three-pointers. <laughs> yeah, that was... Dude, he sometimes he'll just like randomly come out and just have a ridiculous, ridiculous game. Like you can you can for sure argue that he's their third best player and you definitely. Know, and when CJ's on, he's their fourth best player. Like that's that is insane. Like they have they have you can't even call them a top heavy team because I love their role players so much as well. But this team is just so deep everywhere their, their entire team is just stacked and i remember in the off season when kevin durant first came out and was like you know take me out of brooklyn i hate everyone in this city you know one of the teams that that was mentioned was the new orleans pelicans and they were like yeah maybe you uh, trade maybe you trade brandon ingram. Right, brandon ingram you know and then a couple of those young guys and I'm so glad they decided against that decision because now we're watching all these young players make a name for themselves and make the Pelicans a top four team in the West. And it's, this team is cool. Like Jose Alvarado is awesome. Trey Murphy shoots the ball from so deep. It is like Curry. Like it's just so funny watching. Yeah. Just wait until Brandon, Brandon Ingram isn't even playing. Wait until he's back and then CJ can start finding his, groove again and yeah because it's tough for cj because cj has to play a lot more point guard than he usually likes because when you have ingram in the lineup ingram can play point forward a lot of the time take that load off cj so it's kind of been hard for like cj's not really a guy it's like it's more of like an off the dribble guy more like off ball kind of like finding finding open shots um just around the defense i mean he he'll play point guard obviously he'll play he's like used to splitting with ingram I think just him taking on that full responsibility has been a little, it's been a little harder for him to find his offense as of late. Um, he had a great game the other night, but he was in a horrible slump before that, and I know this because he's on my fantasy team and he's been sucking ass. Oh, so is that um, is that why you're three and five? I, dude, honestly, dude, he was like my fourth round pick. Yeah, he's been horrible. Okay, I just wanted to. Uh... We're we're on the oh. we're on the come up. Never mind. You are three and six, and you've lost. You've lost your last four games. That's four four weeks. We're, four L's. We're gonna we're gonna win this week. I have a fifty piece from Jared Allen. I got a sixty one piece from Lori. We're on a good start this week. Hey, I started out like I started out bad last year. All right, hey, it's about, I, it's about how you finish, man. I, I made that trade with Randall. I think we're gonna get. I think my team's gonna get hot. Yeah, you cheater. All right. Um. <laughs> so one thing that I'd like to note about the the uh the lack of three point volume from this team is that Zion is leading the league in paints point per game. This is a stat that Ja was leading the lead in last year as a guard, 
and he's fallen off a little bit. He's no longer leading the league. He's still in the top 10. Yeah. But Zion is, he's proving himself to be the beast that everyone thought he could be. And he's not even shooting the ball outside, outside the restricted area. And this team can be led by Zion. And especially when I'd have to look up their half court, half court efficiency. Um, because a team that can be so effective in the paint, especially their best player, can be so effective in the paint. I feel like this team is built for the playoffs. Game slows down, and Zion can just out hustle, out jump, out rebound, outperform other teams in the paint. And that is something that, you know, he'll continue to get better on upon the season and we'll watch this team ebb and flow and move into the playoffs. But this is something that, I think that skill will only just show how important it is in the playoffs because he's he's just going to beast in the playoffs. Trig, what do you think? Um, what I think is that there's currently a swipe surge in Minneapolis, and I am looking for a match. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I mean, this has been a team that we knew was going to be uh, a low-volume three-point shooting team. That was kind of like the – that was the one thing that people were skeptical about them. But, you know, I mean, they're, they can outscore teams in the paint. I mean, you have Zion just missed a couple of match. Tough. Um, can, Zion could dominate the paint. I mean, Ingram, again, can dominate the mid-range. Can, he'll get some of the paint as well. Valanciunas can have those nights where he goes for 30. I mean, and they're going to be like a fast, they're going to be a fast team. I mean, I think I mean, they're making it work. We knew it wasn't that was going to be a weakness, but they're sitting at the top of the West still. So they're scoring the third most points per game. I mean, so I mean they're making they're, they're making it work. Um, I mean, even in, even on defense, they're average. So. I don't know if they're necessarily a title contention team. I don't know if they're really um, up there with Phoenix or I mean they're I think they're right there with Phoenix actually. I'm not, I'm not a believer in the Phoenix Suns BS. Um, not quite I mean, sure I, if they're there with. I don't think I don't think we can call them a title contender team right now but that's mainly just because of like how strong the top side of the east is uh i don't i don't really know no no, i'm saying the the east because like i don't know how many teams even the best teams in the west i don't even know if they're gonna beat the top third best i mean like the grizzlies did just embarrass yeah the the celtics the other night the Uh, it was the bucks the bucks that's what it was yeah i will say that if you look at the standings I mean, the top four are the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, the Suns, and the Pelicans. Not exactly, you know, what a lot of people expected coming into the season. And I think the Pelicans have a chance to be like the Grizzlies and the Mavericks of last year. Yeah, totally. No, nobody saw them as a as a contender, but, you know, the Mavericks had a couple nice bounces and a couple lucky shots made and – you know, maybe we can bank and they were able to bank on Chris Paul not being able to perform in key moments, but then they made it to the conference finals. 
And the Grizzlies, they played, they came back from a lot of 20-point deficits for the Timberwolves, played very well as a team, and were able to make it to the semis to, to eventually lose to the champions. But they had a heck of a series, and, and John ended up getting injured in that series anyway and was unable to finish. I mean, so, the Pelicans took Phoenix to six without Zion last year, and they are extremely better this year. I mean, I think they're a team that for sure can – Get out of the for sure. We'll get out of the first round. Um, yeah, they should. They should. Um, and second round Western Conference final, I think, at their peak. Um, but like they're electric, man. They're awesome to watch. So happy to have Zion back in the league. Um, he is an all star, all NBA guy this year. Um, so yeah, man, I think, uh, I mean, I really don't have any other thoughts about them. I think, uh, It'll be really fun to watch going forward. And, I mean, I don't know what kind of moves they're going to be looking to make at the trade deadline. Maybe they're another team that – their team that goes and looks out for – that they might go uh, looking for some shooting or maybe some, some you know, perimeter defense. Um, yeah, I think they – I don't think they really they, – I don't think there's really any big splash that they can make. But, you know, they could probably add a, add a player – that will kind of help them in those help them in um, in those categories. So we fun to watch. I completely agree. Well, uh, let's move into the fourth quarter of our podcast this evening. And again, thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you for joining us along our NBA journey. And uh, I love you. We love you. I love you. And you might I not be a, you. you might not be a swipe surge, but. Craig will still give you attention. So our fourth quarter topic is all about the Memphis Grizzlies. And this team is sitting at the number one in the West. And yeah, there's a couple teams close by. So, and it's early, but this team is 19 and 10. In the last 10 games, they've had the second best defense and the third best offense. And the craziest thing about this is that their three best players have not logged a single minute together this season. And that's Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, and Desmond Bain. I think I think this is crazy mainly because, you know, over the offseason, they lost Kyle Anderson to the Wolves. They traded DeAnthony Melton to the Sixers. And we're like, all right, well, they just traded and lost two of their like top seven rotational guys, dudes that came off the bench and played high-level IQ basketball and helped them helped a relatively young team perform very well. So we're like, okay, they lost them both. Well, who are they going to get in return? And they get Danny Green, who hasn't played yet, probably will never play there. They, and then they drafted David Roddy. They drafted Jake LaRavia. And they also drafted a point guard who I'm forgetting who is what his name is. Uh uh is it Chandler or Conchar? Nope, no, no. Yeah, that's they they had so John Conchar is some guy that was on their bench last year that never played. And he came in. John Conchar has been played well. He's played very well for this team. And I just think it is crazy for a team to lose two important rotational guys and mainly 
replace them with rookies and then just some three-point shooter named John Conchar that nobody knew of last season unless you were a beat reporter for the Grizzlies. I think, <laughs> yep. I think it's crazy. This team's the best team in the West. And like, I mean, they did, the same, they did the same thing last year. I mean, this, I, I think it's just a combination of coaching and they just have a really good system. Because, um, I mean, last year they had guys out all year last year too and Jog missed the extended period of time. This team was still winning games. This team played great under Tyus. Um, you know, Tyus, one of the probably best back point guard in the league. By far, um, the, by far I mean, the best backup point. By far the best backup point guard in the league. There's no one better than him. Dylan Brooks has been playing really well this year. Um, I mean, and this team, like, when you talk about Danny Green, so now, like, there's an interview where, like, Windhorse basically said right in front of his face that they're probably going to trade you. Like, he's been in trade talks. Um, But, like, one thing that they brought up is, like, I mean, yeah, this team could upgrade, but... I mean, they're very weary to trade their draft picks because this team has been has drafted very well the last two years. Like those picks, like you talked, like David Roddy was drafted in the second round, I believe. Yep, second or no, for, at end of the first. Okay. Yeah, Roddy, um, Roddy, and Laravia were both. All three of their guys were first round picks, except actually maybe. Like maybe Zaire the, Williams is play like has played well. I mean. He just got back from injury, like two, like I think their second to last game, so like four days ago. Yeah, uh, I mean this team drafts really well, and they're they the young guys that they picked in recent years have been able to produce for them right away. Um, I think this team is, I think they're a team that really just kind of stays. So I don't think you're gonna get really any value for Danny Green. I think he's like. No, I you trade that, you trade Danny Green in a 2025 first round pick or 24. But like that that's and then you get someone back at his salary slot, whatever how much however, however much money he's making, which is like, but like I, I think Danny Green's, I mean, I think he's kind of like a perfect fit for them. I think Yeah, why would you not keep Danny Green? Like, why not? I mean, he's unless, won he's won three, four championships and he, he can make he makes he can make a three ball very well. Um, I think he's kind of like the perfect. I feel like what they've missed in past couple years is just they they really don't have like better and leadership in their locker room. I mean, Stephen Adams, like I think, is their oldest guy outside Danny Green. He is the oldest guy outside Danny Green. His team like is so incredibly young. Well, yeah, um, that's, that's why that's why it's so shocking that they can lose Kyle Anderson and Anthony Melton, yet still. Like they're a better team than they were last season. And I think a big part of that is like Ja is Ja has played unreal. And yeah, he's he's I mean, he's an MVP candidate. Um and Desmond Bain is he, he should he should make the all-star in theory. I don't know how they're gonna do it with the amount of games he missed, but he should make the all-star team. Well, he should have I mean, I think he should have won most improved last year, and I think he should win most improved this year. Yeah, the dude, totally. The dude is like, I mean, I don't think he'll be in the all-star game. I think he's playing kind of like Pete CJ did when CJ and Dame were tearing it up in Portland. 
Not even. What do you mean? He's averaging 25 a night and 46 and 45 and 91 shooting splits. That's better than CJ ever played. I, I mean, like C- CJ's peak in Portland scoring wise is like 22 or something. So it's like, I'm just saying like, that's the role. Like he's the off ball score to a lead guard. And I think yeah, he's going to have to do a lot more to make the all-star game. But he, but he, he, he's stepping it up and he's proving like, I don't think anyone expected this big of a jump from Desmond Bain coming into the season. And he's, he torches teams all by himself. And he's definitely a big part to the improvement on this team. And it's crazy that right when triple J gets back, he falls victim to the injury bug and I'm not for sure. I think he was only supposed to be out for like three weeks. So I imagine sometimes around the new year, he will be coming back. And that is when we can watch this team at full strength, get to play basketball again. And I think it is going to be, I think they're going to potentially be the best team in the league. If, if they can uh, continue to play well. Yeah. I mean, really the only one they're missing is Desmond Bain and he'll be back in January. I think Desmond Bain will make the All-Star team this year. You think he will? That That's your take right now? Oh, well, actually, they're saying, as of two weeks ago, they're saying another three to four weeks. He might be missing too much time to make it. I don't, th- I don't think. I but don't, I thought I don't... Be- before he got injured, I think he was a no-brainer All-Star. Like People thought he should have made the All-Star team last year. And, like, I mean. The problem is his voters. Like, that's the thing that, like. Big, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but the fact that the NBA is no longer doing Twitter votes, I think, is a very good change because it'll yeah. it'll no longer allow the Andrew Wiggins of the league and the other K-pop stan <laughs> figures. In the yeah, they, 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 that, they made that rule for it because of Andrew Wiggins, which is so funny. Thousand percent. Um, well, we're we're hitting close to about an hour on this uh, podcast. Trigger, there any last thoughts you have on the Grizzlies? Um, I mean, yeah, this is a team that could go out and win the West this year. I think, like I said, I kind of want to see Danny Green like stay just because, um, you know, I think, um, do you have to vote now on the NBA app? You have to vote through the see. NBA app, yeah, web, so web, and mobile. Oh, wait, oh no, I can do it on my laptop. All right, that's cool, yeah, but, yeah, um, web and mobile, yes, yeah. so, yep. So, like, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I think it helps to have Danny, a guy that knows knows what it takes to win a championship. Because, you know, this team can be like, they can be kind of cocky. They can kind of get, I don't know, they kind of just have a little, they have some spunk, you know, it's cool. It's cool. But, you know, I also think you got to stay, uh, got to stay down to earth as well. You know, mm-hmm. you got to like, um, but yeah, this team, this team can win it, can win the West this year. Um yeah, yeah, man, they're gonna be, it'll be fun to see how they uh how they play in the playoffs, man. Cannot agree more. As a Timberwolves fan, it is uh kind of tough watching the Grizzlies perform this well. I will say we did beat them in our last game uh against each other, which was fun to watch. But I love the rivalry between the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies and. I'm excited, you know. I like that uh Jaw's a fun player to watch. And if and if I wasn't from Minnesota, I would probably love John Morant a lot more. Ooh, a lot more than I do. Uh so yeah, let's 
keep watching them. They'll be a fun team to uh, keep logging. And once Bain comes back in early January, that is definitely when this team will start to find their true identity. And we'll really be able to see what kind of a force that this team will be going into the NBA playoffs this April. Well, uh, we can probably cut it there. Thank you very I'm much. Voting, I'm voting. I'm voting Laurie Mark in the All Star game. I don't care. All right, and I'm going to mute Trig now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will, to all the listeners, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Off the Pine Podcast. And just remember, there's no more ride on the bench. It's Jack and Trig. Don't for Laurie.